We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. Rick Green here. I'm America's Constitution Coach and a former Texas legislator. You can find out more at PatriotAcademy.com. But thrilled to be hosting here on AFA at the Core on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You still get Walker Wildman, the man, on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. We're just tag teaming to bring you even more information on how to be a good biblical citizen, how to take a biblical, historical, and constitutional approach to whatever's happening. What I mean, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your neighborhood, in your own life, business, and of course, our country, which we talk about a lot here at American Family Radio, because it's important. And as Benjamin Rush, one of our founding fathers and signers of the Declaration said, it ought to be, actually, believe it or not, I know this sounds weird, but he said it ought to be God, country, family in terms of priorities, because if you don't pay attention to what's happening in the country, and if you don't give of yourself to make sure freedom survives in your country, you will lose your family, because tyranny always takes everything. So that was his perspective. And I think sometimes we do need to shift a little focus and say, you know what, I got to spend more of my time, more of my money, more of my energy, my life, fortune, sacred honor, paying attention to what's happening out there and letting my voice be heard. And specifically, the church has got to do that. Salt and light means something. You know, salt actually has an impact. It has an effect. It, it, it not only preserves the meat, it brings out the best flavor. Well, we're not even preserving the meat right now. It's it's spoiling, folks. The American culture is crumbling right before our eyes. We are watching our, our cities become cesspools of, of decadence and crime and decay. We're watching our, our school system in America now become an indoctrination camp, now literally allowing for this grooming of children. We're watching our entertainment industry become uh, unapologetic in its effort to take your children and turn them into LGBTQ, whatever the next acronym is going to be. Uh, it, it's, it's not even, it's no longer a secret. It's no longer, you know, it used to be this stuff would happen in sort of a, um, you know, subvertive way. And it, it, it was not something that they said out loud. They just did it behind the scenes. And you could see it in, in Disney's movies even 10, 15 years ago as they, the agenda was just sprinkled in there so that they could influence your, your children. But it was always secret. Now it's, it's just in your face. And if you have a question about it, if you dare to, uh, to, to, to bring up the dangers of these things, then you're a domestic terrorist. You're, you're, you're literally removed from the conversation. You're, you're a, a spreader of misinformation and taken off of social media. So, folks, if, if, if there was ever a time to stand up, it is now. If the culture is crumbling, what do we do? How do we respond to that? Do we just run and hide? Do we just get out uh, you know, and, 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 and go, go find some place that, that we can start over? Where's that going to be? We lose America. Where do you go? I mean, this is the place everybody else comes whenever their country falls apart and they're looking for freedom. No, we have to do it right here, right now. We have to pick up the rubble. Yeah, it's crumbling, but we pick up the pieces, we pick up the rubble, and we rebuild. God's principles haven't changed. His promises haven't changed. The laws of nature and nature's God haven't changed. Solomon was right. Nothing new under the sun. We're just facing human nature right now. And so now is absolutely the time to be involved in churches. It's absolutely essential for you to be involved. Pastors, 
it's absolutely essential. We need the Black Robe Regiment to come back, the, the pastors that stand up and say no to this nonsense, the pastors that stand up and speak truth no matter what it costs, the pastors that say, yes, I love you, but man, I'm going to speak truth to you when I love you. I'm not going to do this fake love where it's everything you do is okay. There's nothing wrong and, and I'll just love you no matter what. No, no, I'm going to love you in a way that helps you avoid pain, that, that helps you to, to become a biblical citizen, a, a person that follows God's commands. And that's what we need desperately. And the good news is there's more and more of them across the country. You know, we've been doing this thing at Wall Builders for 30 years. And David Barton's been training pastors, teaching pastors, pastors conferences in D.C. We'd bring people in and, and do a spiritual heritage tour of the of the Capitol and take them through and show them all the pastors in the Capitol. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. Like 25 percent of the statues. It's, it's, it's a massive number. One out of almost four of the statues in the United States Capitol were ministers of the gospel, people in ministry, people that were being salt and light. And it was having an impact and it had a huge impact on our on our country in, 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 in ways that uh, we could spend you know every hour of every day for the next few weeks and not cover it all. But God's word is not only right, it works best. And so when it's infused into the culture, you get good results. That's what salt and light does. It gives you great results. It, it, it has a, a wonderful effect. I mean, there's not just a, um, you know, a, a punishment or a, a, a um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a consequence for when you do wrong. There's also a benefit for when you do right. And, and when you go through Deuteronomy and you see all those blessings you get if you do it God's way and the curses you get if you don't do it God's way, that stuff still applies today. It still works today. And in a country like ours, in the United States of America, where we get to choose our leaders, where we get to choose the policies, in my home state of Texas right now, right now there's a convention going on. It's called the Republican Party of Texas Convention, the GOP Convention. And, and the Democrats have theirs, I think, next week, or maybe they had it last week. And at these conventions, you actually you actually vote on policy. What's the world going to look like around us? How's, how's our state going to approach the issues of the day? And so there are tons of people at that convention right now, people of faith, that are saying, we're going to do this the right way. And they're trying to infuse biblical values into the political arena because the political arena, as Charles Finney said, that's just part of serving God. When you do your duty to your country, it's part of doing your duty to God, that you're just living out your, your biblical worldview as a citizen. And so these people are, you know, working on legislation and, and, and legislative priorities. My buddy, Nathan Macias, that, that runs Patriot Academy for us, he's our executive director and former Texas legislator. He's heading up that committee for legislative priorities. Why? Why would he invest a week of his life not getting paid? not getting any favors or anything like that. He's taken a week of his life to invest in that because it matters, because that then influences what the legislature will do in January when they meet. What I'm saying is there's all kinds of ways that you can influence the culture and the neighborhood around you. You can influence the government in your state. You can influence the school board in your community, the city council, the, 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 the commissioner's court. I mean, it can be small things like, like uh, being part of In God We Trust uh, America and, and, and actually getting that In God We Trust logo and, and motto on the dais at the school board or the, or the commissioner's court or the city council so that every time somebody comes in and testifies, every time that governmental body meets, they are reminded the national motto of the United States is In God We Trust, that this is our mindset, that our freedom comes from God. We live it out with the respect for the authority of God and our faith and our trust is in God. Little things like that help to restore. They help to rebuild the walls, if you will. This is a, a Nehemiah moment where we have to pick up the rubble and start rebuilding the walls. And it is going to be 
a sword in one hand and a trowel in another. You've got to be ready to fight effectively. You've got to be ready to fight biblically. And I'm going to tell you, there's some warriors out there right now that are doing exactly that. And not only are they doing that, they are training others to do the exact same thing. One of my favorite pastors in the nation, a Black Road Regiment pastor that not only does this at his church and not only teaches this across the country, he's teaching the same thing. They're, they're literally discipling the disciplers, as they like to say. I love what's happening with Liberty Pastors. Now, the website is libertypastors.com. You can learn more there, and I'm, I'm not just asking. I'm begging you, send your pastor to this website. Your church, your community, your state, our entire nation will benefit if you send your pastor to this website and get them to one of the conferences that's going to happen this year. Paul Blair, if you're there, brother, I'm so glad you called in today. I'm so glad we get a chance to visit. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I know you were a warrior when you were a football player for the Bears, but now you're, <laughs> you're, you're a warrior from the pulpit and for our nation. I love you, man. Thanks for calling in, brother. Oh, Rick, thank you so much for allowing me to be on today. And, and yeah, let me tell you what, that football, that's the gift that keeps on giving. I had uh, elbow surgery about two weeks ago and have shoulder surgery at the uh, in 1st of November. <laughs> it's amazing all the benefits that I still reap from those days. But, hey, thank you for plugging us. And you know what? You are spot on. And you're thinking of, of this debate theologically. We have, in the American church, adopted a form of Greek Gnosticism in how we practice our faith, where we have literally divided our lives into our spiritual box, which is very small, and it's getting smaller by the day, as things like marriage and sexuality and, and other things, are, and abortion, are now being considered political and not biblical. Then we have our secular lives, and we have this large laundry list that we're not allowed to talk about these things at church. Now, let me ask you, where in the, what part of your life is Jesus not supposed to be the Lord over? Amen. And the reality is, it's only those things that we aren't supposed to talk about in church. But it was the Greeks that sought to divide the spiritual life from the material world. The reality is, from the Hebraic worldview, whatever you do, you do to the glorify God. I mean, you know, the Apostle yeah. Paul said, your body and spirit belong to the Lord. So we teach comprehensive biblical worldview. And it's really easy to knock down uh, that, that defense mechanism that we say, oh, we can't talk about that church, with, with just the, the question that I asked a moment ago, what part of your life is Jesus not the Lord over? And then once that, that wall has been knocked down because it, it's so easily destroyed, then we begin building, and as you said, our friend George Barna recently did a study, Rick, which I know you've referenced before, and he actually surveyed pastors and tested pastors and how they answered questions pertaining to life and theology and just a practicality of everyday living. Two-thirds of current pastors don't have a biblical worldview. Now, wow. if we are called to make disciples i.e., if we are called to make followers of Jesus Christ, how can we teach our congregations to follow Christ when we don't know how to follow Christ in any other area other than going to church on Sunday morning? And as a mm -hmm. consequence, Barna also discovered only 6% of those that profess to be Bible-believing Christians, only 6% when tested, have a biblical worldview. <clears throat> so and we elect a Christian to, the, to send them to Congress, and nothing changes. Well. Yeah. Why should it? They've never been taught to think biblically about civil government, what civil government can do, and more importantly, what it's not supposed to do. 
So what you're doing, what we're doing, is so important in these in the lives of these pastors. We've had some tremendous, tremendous testimonies from these guys that have gone through our training. Uh, well, because the, I would think once that wall is knocked down, as you were yep. talking about, where they've got this this perception that, frankly, un- unfortunately, the seminaries are teaching and and maybe even the pastor that mentored them taught it's just just is prevalent in the country. But the, once you knock down that wall, that these certain areas are off limits and the Bible doesn't apply, and you can't take that down and make it very clear everything applies. I bet they're hungry I, I, because they haven't been taught this stuff and they haven't applied it. Oh. And they don't have sermons that they've you know preached on these things. So I bet they're hungry to learn how do I become a liberty pastor. Sure. Well, what does it mean to live uh, to live by faith? I mean, we're saved by trusting the finished work of Jesus Christ. True. But then as Christians, you know, Galatians tells us we're, the just shall live by faith. Well, what is living by faith? Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So basically, living by faith is trusting God, doing it God's way in every area of instruction that God has talked about. So there's much uh, truths in Scripture that God has given us about economics and how to handle money, about how to deal with poor, about work and worth ethics, about the integrity of business owners and the integrity of, of employees. And there's much in there about civil government. Remember, when God had a clean slate and he decided to create a man-made government, he didn't create a a monarchy. I mean, obviously, it was a theocracy as he was God of Israel. But he basically gave them a constitutional republic as you had 12 states ruled by one constitution, i.e. the Torah, and they were told to choose out from among them capable men that feared God, loved truth, and hated covetousness, and have them judge righteously, not showing favoritism to the poor or to the rich, but have them judge righteously in matters of the law. Well, what a brilliant idea when you're dealing with flawed man. That's the best form of right. government that's ever been, <laughs> been thought of, and that's what we tried to follow with our founders. Now, uh, uh, Pastor Paul, I've got to take a hard break right here. Can you stay with me through the break? I want to talk about these four dates you've got coming up and some of the things that you're going to be teaching at them. Absolutely. Be happy to, buddy. All right, folks, the website, libertypastors.com. Four incredible conferences coming up, St. Louis, Austin, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. If you've never been there, man, gorgeous, gorgeous place. But just a fantastic few days. You will be empowered. You'll be encouraged. It's amazing. Anyway, we're going to talk more about the proper role of the church in the culture. Pastor Paul Blair, our special guest today. You are listening to AFA at the core. We'll be right back in a moment. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Statistics show that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and to commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. Yet the percentage of children born to fatherless homes has skyrocketed in America. As of 2015, 25% of white, 53% of Hispanic, and 73% of black babies are born into fatherless homes. While scripture teaches that the weight of raising children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord falls upon fathers. Seems like we need a movement that says fatherhood matters. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III. 
public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Does your girl struggle to see God's work in the world today? If her eyes are more guided by division and destruction than heaven intersecting earth, give her divine glasses through the wisdom of the old hymns. The opening line to an ancient Irish hymn says, Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. If you don't speak him, translated this means, God help me see like you see, since you're king of my heart. Pray with your girl so she can hear your leadership and you can hear her honest struggle. Pray these words inviting her to see beyond brokenness and into God's beautiful work of redemption through Jesus. Yes, even in the here and now. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. You know, a lot of times you have to choose between something high quality or something that saves you money. But if you can get both, why not? Especially when it comes to healthcare. And that's MediShare. You get both. The typical family saves 500 bucks a month switching to MediShare. And that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. It's because MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge PPO network. So yeah, really, you could save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. If you're self-employed or part of the gig economy, or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Here is the number you need. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. Rick Green here on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Walker Wildman, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So glad that you're with us. If you want to call in and ask a question of Pastor Paul Blair or myself or just have a comment, 888-589-8840 is the number, 888-589-8840. Pastor Paul Blair, our special guest, we're talking about liberty pastors and the need, I, I hate to use the word, but the desperate need for pastors to stand up and be black robe regiments. This is, this is the only way we're going to save the culture. It's the only way we're going to pick up the pieces and rebuild. We need a whole lot of Nehemiah and Ezra's out there. Pastor Paul Blair, one of those guys, but not only doing that at his church, but also teach pastors to do the same. Yep. Uh, Pastor Paul, you've got four conferences coming up this year, just in 2022. St. Louis, Austin, Tulsa, Coeur d'Alene, first one in July. So that's pretty quick, right around the corner, July 24th in St. Louis, uh, August in Austin, September in Oklahoma, and October in Coeur d'Alene. And I was scrolling through at the website, and I'm telling you, you got Matt Staver, Dran Reese, Bob McEwen, Stephen Broden, Rick Scarver. I mean, all these folks coming in, and you're talking about exactly what needs to be talked about, biblical principles of civil government, proper roles of government. What's it mean to be a black robe preacher? What do you do with your 501c3 status? How's the Johnson Amendment work? I mean, all of these things that my guess is these pastors have not been taught through seminary, and they need this information if they're going to engage as a biblical church in this culture. Does that sound about right? 
more than that, Rick, they're taught the exact wrong thing in seminary. Oh, yeah. Again, yeah. we do a wonderful job of teaching our denominational doctrine with our proof texts, and we train great Baptists to be Baptist preachers or Presbyterians to be Presbyterian preachers. But what we are trying to accomplish is recognizing, you know, read the Bible from left to right with a Hebraic worldview, not the Greek Gnostic compartmentalized worldview. And we start with the question, what part of your life is Jesus not the Lord over? And once we settle the argument that, no, he's supposed to be the Lord over everything, then we begin and look about what the Bible actually has to say about different areas of life. And quite frankly, a basic biblical worldview revolves around recognizing the responsibility of the four realms of government. And it begins, there are certain things that are entrusted to self-government. It's up to individuals to make certain decisions of right and wrong or decisions pertaining to their own body. Of course, ultimately, the most important decision the individual has to make is whether to bend their knee and trust Christ or not. Then there's the realm of family government, which God established in the first three chapters of the book. And, of course, one of the responsibilities of the family government, of course, one, the father is supposed to provide for the family, and you're supposed to you know, take care of the family, but then also moms and dads were entrusted by God to oversee the education of their children. So where do we as Christians get the idea that we're following the Lord to drop our kids off at pre-K and then pick them up when they graduate college and we're shocked uh, to our socks to find out that our Christians are now postmodernists, or our kids are postmodernists, or atheists even, and we wonder what in the world has happened. Well, where in the world do, do we not understand the train up your children in the way they should go, raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Well, moms and dads are responsible for that. Then, of course, you've got the certain realm of responsibility entrusted to church government. We're supposed to be a moral barometer and a tool of evangelism. And also, when you look scripturally, that's the realm that was always trusted with the responsibility of charity. There was never a case where the government was supposed to take from those that they deemed that had too much to give to those that they deemed had too little. It was always the church that was supposed to take care of those in need. And of course, Paul, they raised money in Antioch to help the poor saints in Jerusalem. And that's, there's better accountability that way and with, with, with working through people with a budget problem or if they're just living off of laziness. And, you know, the Apostle Paul tells us if a man just refuses to work, then, you know what, hunger is a great motivator. So that's, that's, right. a, that's the part of the realm of church government. And then the, the final realm is civil government. And really, when family and, and, and when self and family and church governments are all doing what they're supposed to be doing, then really you have a lot of God-fearing, moral, good people that love their neighbors, and you really don't need a lot of civil government. And the primary responsibility of the civil government is to punish the evildoers and protect those of us that do well, that we may live peaceably in all godliness. So we begin, we teach them that basic concept of what a biblical worldview is, and then we start putting meat on the bones. Of course, we talk about the biblical principles of civil government. We talk about God's ideal, what he did with Israel when he had a clean slate to start with. And we look at the model that our founders followed here under federalism, and we can see a lot of correlation. And then we go on to, and we talk about, you know, we talk about some of those issues that you dealt with. Bob McEwen teaches on economics and freedom, which is brilliant. Oh, so good. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Matt Staver, of course, reassures these pastors that you, the I, Dan, Dan Fisher and I, who's my, my co-pastor, works with me on these things, 
Dan and I were two of the original 33 pastors in 2008 that challenged the IRS with uh, ADF. And uh, we, we, we were trying to cha- challenge the constitutionality of the Johnson Amendment. And that first year, we oh, had so 33 the Pulpit pastors. Freedom Initiative thing. Yeah. I yeah, didn't we realize were, that. Wow. First 33. So we, we preached messages. And I'm sad to say I actually endorsed the lesser of the two evils in the 2000 presidential election. But uh, I made the endorsement. Then we made transcripts of the messages. We sent audio and video recordings to the IRS. And we said, you know, oh, by the way, preach the gospel very clearly and passionately in the middle of the sermon, knowing that a lot of IRS agents were going to hear it and hoping a few of them might get saved. But we, <laughs> we, made, the, we made these political messages, preached uh, from a biblical perspective, made endorsements in our pulpits, and sent a copy of it to the IRS and said, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we were exercising our First Amendment rights last Sunday, wanted you to have a copy, have a nice day. Not a one of us heard anything from the IRS. The next year, there were 100 pastors who participated. The next year, over 400. Finally, the fourth year, they had about 1,600 pastors participate. And Matt wow. sent out a, an email. Uh, the IRS finally relented and admitted, we don't grant churches tax exemptions. Churches are exempt from taxation, period. So this whole wow. idea that if a pastor preaches about God's uh, will on any cultural issue that can be affected through the ballot box, whether that be an issue or an individual, that you may lose your 501c3 is a lie. And, and but, but let me also add, even if you did lose your 501c3, what difference does that matter? We're supposed to be watchmen on the wall. We're supposed to be God's prophetic right. voice speaking against the forces of evil. So even if you could lose it, so it still wouldn't change what we do here. And it doesn't change the reason people give to support the Lord's work. The Bible doesn't say anything about giving to the church so you can have a tax exemption. But the reality <laughs> That's is right. you can't lose your five, you, at least at this point in time. Hey, you give this corrupt government a couple of, another decade, and, and who knows what will happen. But That's you exactly can't, right. at this point in time, lose your 501c3. So anyway, we, we fellowship with these pastors. We develop relationships with these guys that are permanent relationships. And, Rick, you'd be amazed at how many of these guys have gone back and made a difference in their counties, uh, small churches uh, and large churches. We've got pastors that are now serving as mayor. We've got declarations rather than LGBT Pride Month. We've got Strong Families and Fathers Month declaration. We've got some Latino pastors. In fact, I'm going back to Florida next week to participate in a big conference of Latino pastors that's being put together by two of our graduates. So these guys get it, and once once they once uh, the the greatest um, uh, illust- uh, uh, word that we hear from these pastors is transform. You've transformed our ministry. The, the scales have been removed from our eyes. So you know that's why I'm so excited. You know we've been working for oh. a great awakening for years, but a great awakening yeah. is not just praying; it's praying and then changing direction. You know, repentance is a change of action, change of behavior, change of direction. We just have prayer meetings, and we go about living lives as postmodernists. No, as Christians, we need to glorify God in everything that we do and recognize the precious liberty that we have been entrusted with. I mean, we're the only Christians in 2,000 years of Christian history that haven't been persecuted for our faith, and it's on purpose. It's not by accident, but we're, we're dangerously close to losing that. 
And if I have a vote, I want to try to pass on, you know, I'm looking for the Lord to come again like everybody else, and I see eschatological implications when I see what goes on. However, when the trumpet sounds, the trumpet sounds. Until then, I'm going to be faithful to be about the Lord's business. And uh, if the Lord tarries, I want my children and grandchildren to be able to enjoy the blessings of liberty that we enjoy. So good. Oh, Pastor Paul, there's so many things in there I want to dive into. I wish we had, you know, I wish we could have like a whole weekend to talk about these things, you know, maybe in St. Louis on July 24th, or we could take a whole weekend in, I don't know, Austin on August 29th. Yep. Port oh, Lane, I just, yeah, I mean, Tulsa. <laughs> I'm telling you that, that just as you're talking about it now, I know pastors are listening going, I want some of that. I want to be able yeah. to spend a weekend learning about these things, sharpening each other's countenance, sharing with each other. Yes. Um, yep. I mean, that's what it's going to take. And, I, you know, that fellowship even, we've missed that so much over the last two years. Absolutely. And having that opportunity is huge as well. But the topics themselves, and, and I actually want to bring you back real quick to one of the things you mentioned. There's so many things we could talk about. But even as you were talking about taking care of the poor, because here's a here's a practical one that the, if the church gets this right, everybody benefits. If the church gets it wrong, yeah. it's bad for everybody. And of course, we know the the, the numbers. It's like 30% of every dollar that you give to government to help the poor gets right. to them. So 70% is gone. Yep. 60% of every dollar you give to a private organization or philanthropic or church or whatever gets there. So it's twice as effective to do this yep. God's way as it is to do this the, the worldly man-created uh, government way. And, and people always bring up, you know, Ananias and Sapphira and, oh, they got killed because they didn't give everything. No, he said that was your choice. While it was your mm-hmm. property, it was your mm-hmm. choice. So you nailed it. It's like the right way to do it is voluntarily donating yep. and giving, and then the church being the place where we sort of organize that and 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 yep. make that happen and reach out. What? How much better are communities when you do that the biblical way? Oh, just one hundred percent of the time. And, and see, and, and you guys talk about this all the time. By the way, I'm so happy that we are pastor, partnering with Patriot Academy. And we will be recommending this to all of our pastor graduates. What a great tool to use in your salt light ministry to educate yeah. your congregations in biblical citizenship. But uh, yeah, only in every area of life, when we do it God's way, does it work better. Whether that only be... in every area. I want to make sure we emphasize. <laughs> <laughs> pastor Paul just said, only in every area. I love it. <laughs> well, you know, and our founders understood. You know, all of them. You, you could you could you could quote probably a hundred quotes right now. You know, talking about the relationship between uh, personal liberty and self governance, and only a a people that only a moral and religious people are capable of living under a constitution which restricts the government to the degree that ours does. I mean, you either, well, I think it was Robert Winthrop, who was a, uh, a Speaker of the House from the state of Massachusetts uh, in Congress. I think it was right around 1848-1850. He made the statement that, that man must be ruled either from within or from without. He'll either be ruled by the Bible or by the bayonet. You know, uh, uh, um, John Adams made the statement, our Constitution is only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. You know, uh, Benjamin Franklin said uh, uh, only a virtuous people are capable of liberty. The more corrupt a man becomes, the more necessary it is for him to have many masters. So our founding fathers, the, the liberty that we enjoy, the fact that we aren't persecuted, that we're only Christians in 2,000 years that have, have not been persecuted. Uh, we have civil liberty. We have religious liberty. It's on purpose, beginning with that Mayflower Compact and that church relocation movement that wound up in Plymouth the Puritan migration, 
the, the way that the church affected the government of Massachusetts. You've got uh, Rhode Island with Pastor Roger Williams founding the state of Rhode Island, what would become the state of Rhode Island. You had Thomas Hooker, another minister, founding Connecticut. The reason these 13 colonies, which became the 13 United States, have been so different from anything else that the world has ever seen is because it's the one time now they were always flawed. We've never gotten yep. it 100% right, uh, but we have done a good job of when we've gotten off course, we've gotten back on course. But we right. have come the closest of anybody to try to uh, create a government that, that, of a people that had a love affair with Almighty God. And that's why we've enjoyed the blessings of liberty. And we're dangerously no close to adopting a there-is-no-truth postmodern socialist system which will look quickly like Venezuela or North Korea yep. or China. And I promise you, we as Christians, it, it, that will affect how we do church. <laughs> That's right. And everything else right. that we do. <laughs> it, it will, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Pastor Paul, I, I kept you longer than I promised. I know you've got other stuff to get to. It's a busy, busy time, and, and I'm so thankful for you leading this charge. I can't wait for these pastors to be blessed at all four of these conferences. The website, Rick, Liberty I Pastors. Yeah, Go ahead, one, 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 last, one last thing, just that's $99, man. Uh, so bring your wife, and, and it's subsidized. I want to thank Art Alley. Uh, Art's the founder and president of, of a great investment group called uh, Timothy Plan. But Art is personally, he leads the charge in making these things affordable. So each of these camps is probably about a $1,200 to $1,400 value. All that it costs the pastors, once they get there, is 99 bucks. Everything else taken care Wait, of. Wait, that's their that's their hotel and everything. That's their hotel, six meals, and all their curriculum, everything else. So Whoa. they'll have two dinners. Well, they'll there'll be it's a time of, of fellowship with other pastors, a second honeymoon for them and their wives. But it's ninety nine bucks for three days, and you can see these luxury resorts that we're at. So uh, that's a buddy, dangerous make, offer, Pastor Paul, because <laughs> won't most pastors come just for the food? No, no, I'm just I, kidding, man. Yeah. That's you know good. what? No, that you know is what, amazing. Rick? They they've come. We've had some that come just because it's a cheap vacation. Doesn't matter. Once they hear the truth, truth Amen. resonates, and they're convicted. Amen. Oh, so good, so exciting. Pastor Paul Blair, God bless you, brother. Uh, just can't wait to hear the positive reports. Four opportunities this year, folks. LibertyPastors.com. Send this to your pastor. Um, encourage them, sponsor them, help them uh, to go. I mean, at 99 bucks, that's not much of a sponsorship. You can absolutely be a part of it, and what a blessing that would be to give to your pastor. Appreciate you, Pastor Paul. Let's talk soon. Thank you, buddy. Take care. God bless, Rick. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get to your phone calls. I see you waiting there. We'll be with you when we come back from the break. If others that want to join us, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Stay with us, folks. You're listening to AFA at the Core. The AFA Resource Center has all your favorite items. Everything from books, movies, shirts, and even hats. Introducing AFA's polyester and twill hats, starting at just $18. Whether you're into fashion, a collector, or you're just having a bad hair day, these hats are just what you need. You can buy one for yourself or a friend. Purchase your AFA hat today at resources.afa.net. 
AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills And it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. You can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. This is Bible League International. Thank God your pastor wasn't attacked on Sunday, but it happened to Pastor Nepo recently while preaching in Burundi, Africa. Twenty radicals dragged him down the aisle to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death because he's been faithfully sharing the gospel with Muslims and nearly 200 have come to Christ in his village where Christians are attacked daily. Anyone who comes to Jesus as their Lord and Savior are easily persecuted. In coastal India, Jayanth planted a church in a village with no Christians and today more than half of that village follows Christ, but it did not come easy. His house was burned down twice. His wife was assaulted, and many in the church have been threatened with death, but they're not praying for an end to their suffering. They're praying for Bibles to endure and persevere. We're halfway to our goal to send God's Word to 16,000 Bibleless persecuted believers, and we need to wrap up in a week. So at $5 a Bible, $100 sends 20. Will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. You can learn more at PatriotAcademy.com. And also uh, our guest that was on first half of the program today, Paul Blair, just an amazing pastor out of Oklahoma, also with a satellite church in Orlando, Florida. And uh, you could just tell if you were listening, uh, you, you might have just tuned in. But if you if you were listening, you can just tell, man. I mean, he's he's firing up pastors to just be biblical. I mean, to apply the Bible to everything, and that's that's uh, you know that's what we desperately need in our in our culture. If you'd like to join the conversation, the phone number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Uh, I I wanted to ask Pastor Paul, but I mean, I, I ask people this all the time. It's like, have you ever heard of anybody driving away from church on Sunday after a great sermon? And, and they say to their spouse, you know, that was a great sermon on, on, on how to be a godly family, how to be a godly husband, how to be a godly wife, father, mother, all that. I wish we could use that when we get home. Uh, I wish we could apply that. But there's, you know, separation of home and church. No, you never heard that. No one would ever say that. You've never driven away from church and said, great sermon on how to be a good employer. You know, how to, how to honor your employees and, 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 and create a good work environment, how to, how to be a good employee, how to work hard, have good work ethic, how to serve well, all that. 
wish I could use that tomorrow at work on Monday, but yeah, you know that separation of church and work. No, of course not. You'd never say that. Why? Why have we created this out of thin air? I mean, literally made up this idea that that Tuesday, when it's time to go vote, you can't apply biblical principles. Or on, on Sunday, the pastor can't talk about what's going to happen on Tuesday when you choose the leaders that are going to make the decisions about how your neighborhood works, about how your state works, how your nation works. We have bought the lie. Absolutely, we should not be driving away from church saying, I can't apply that. Lord willing, you got a pastor that's first of all going to preach it, and then we're going to apply it because we are biblical citizens. Just a great, great guest today. Thank you, Pastor Paul Blair, for, for being with us. All right, let's go to the phones. First caller is Joshua in Virginia. Here we are talking about all these Black Robe Regiment pastors. I've been to some of the old churches in Virginia, especially the one where John, Peter, Gabriel, Muhlenberg, actually it's not the original because that one burned down, but they they rebuilt it and, and the one that's there is still like 200 years old. But anyway, it's where he preached that famous sermon where he disrobed in front of the congregation and he's in the uniform of an officer, calls his men to arms, went on to become a major general, one of only 13 guys and uh, to do that. But he preached out of Ecclesiastes, he said, time of peace, time of war, no longer a time of peace, is a time of war. And they had the Bible there. The Bible that he preached out of was right there. We made an episode of Chasing American Legends out of it. It's really, really cool. Okay, sorry, Joshua. Got excited when I saw Virginia. <laughs> What's your question or comment? Right. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Rick. It's great to hear from you and Pastor Paul on this. What a powerful and important topic in this day and time. It's getting uh, kind of hectic out there, and it, I really my heart is broken. And I'm full of sorrow because I'm seeing certain denominations have compromise, and they're starting yeah. to get chipped away because they're accepting certain things. But, you know, it kind of yeah. dawned on me that what it is is compromise of God's Word. And we, we have to understand there has to be a standard. And if your standard is His Word, it is His law. It is his Torah, like he was talking about the pastor, about the Hebraic mindset, getting back to his ways. Every time Israel went so far away, they would come and they'd find this law, and they would read it, and they would tear their garments and say, we have to return back to his ways. There has to be a standard, and you have to, there has to be, we're going to go by this and not this, and we're letting so much of the world in, but what did Solomon say? It is duty of man to fear God and keep his commands. We shouldn't be afraid of man. We should simply do what God said. In every aspect of our life, that is the answer. In every aspect, we're supposed to be doing it in his ways. Well, as it says in the Bible, first five books of the Bible, the Torah, every, it is God's word teaches us how to live. And we have to look at what we've done in the past, what, where we've taken the Greek mindset versus the Hebrew mindset, and understand that we have to do it God's way in every aspect of our life. Because at the end of the day, we either belong to Him or we let the enemy come in with all this compromise. And next thing you know, we're accepting everything of the world and we're not standing on truth because His Word is truth. Thank you. Well, so good, Joshua. Man, that's, that's fire, brother. You're preaching fire right there. Uh, in fact, let's go one more book, Joshua 1 and 9. Have not I commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Be, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you whithersoever thou goest. God bless you, Joshua. I appreciate that. That is such a good word. And, and I want to zero in on something you said uh, about even you know th th this idea of a, of a Greek mindset versus a Hebraic mindset and the biblical worldview of knowing that God's way is not only right, it works best. When we follow his, his commands, when we do things his ways, we get better results. When we look at the world's ways and we start being kind of watered down and we say, we're just going to toy a little bit with this one or, or that one, we get very negative results. And now we're just shunning God's way completely as a culture. We're literally pushing God out of the equation. The Supreme Court says you can't even talk about God 
in the schools. You can't have the Ten Commandments on the walls. You can't have voluntary prayer. You can't teach the Bible. <clears throat> I mean, we're doing the opposite of what gives a good culture. We're actually doing what what destroys a culture. So I think, uh, Joshua, just a great call right on the money, brother. That's exactly what we need to be doing is getting back to following his commands and how he tells us uh, in the in the Bible to live. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff, folks. Okay, next call is... Ann from Mississippi. Ann calling in from Mississippi. How you doing, Ann? Thanks for calling in. What's your comment or question? Thank you so much. I just want to remind yeah. Republican voters in Mississippi that we have an opportunity to practice exactly what Joshua was talking about. Conservative voters in Mississippi's third congress congressional district have a an opportunity to primary a rhino, Republican in name only, vote Michael Cassidy June 28th. Don't miss the voting in June 28th. Now, Ann, remind me, is is because I get so confused to so many primaries in the last couple of weeks. Uh, say again, so, so you guys, this is your Republican primary, and it's, when when is the date again? June the 28th. It, June 28th, okay. So, it's a runoff. Oh, this is a runoff. So you already had your primary. This is a runoff. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And uh, between the incumbent um, and Michael Cassidy is a Navy fighter pilot, and he is he wants to shake things up, just like Joshua said. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks for calling in, Ann. Appreciate it. There's so many elections right now, folks. And, and one thing I want to say about this, like a runoff like this, this is where you have so much impact because so few people show up in a primary and then even fewer show up in the runoff. And so if you can just just put out the word, just like Ann's doing right now, find your candidates that you know have a biblical worldview, that, that you know meet the biblical command. And, and when I say the biblical command, I'm talking about back in Exodus where he says, you want able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetous, meaning you want leaders that are capable of winning. So they can't be polling at 0%, right? Or 1%. They got to be in the hunt. They got to be in the fight. They got to be capable of winning and capable of doing the job. They got to, you, you got to know that they're going to be effective when they do the job. They got to be honest. They got to fear God, have that biblical worldview and hate bribes. So that's what we're looking for. So when you find somebody like that, when you spread the word, when you put out the word on your social media, uh, when you just call a few friends, you can multiply your vote. Let's say you, let's say you spend two weeks during early voting and all of that, and you turn out 10 people, you get 10 people to show up with you to vote. That is a thousand percent increase in your one vote. You are a force multiplier at that point. And in a runoff like, like she's talking about, that has a huge impact. There's so few people that show up in those runoffs. I mean, just a few people can turn elections like that. So pay attention to what's happening in your particular state. Uh, look for those runoffs. Look for when your primary is. A lot of states already had them, but there's still uh, several more to come. But what a great way uh, to let your biblical worldview be salt and light in the community. Choose those leaders. Okay, we've got Jim in Arkansas. That's my birth state right there. Born in Little Rock. I can still call the hogs. Woo, pig, suey, razorbacks. Okay, enough of that. All right, uh, Jim in Arkansas. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing, I'm doing great. I got a little bit of this. One um, thing people see that it's an abomination to live in the sin that they're living in, and why is it so difficult for them to believe the Word of God? Because it's just moralistic, if nothing else. 
And I lost the last part of your question there. Why is it so difficult to believe the Word of God? Why? 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 Yeah. Yeah, well, you know how it is. You believe the lie. In fact, I think it's in uh, Thessalonians where it talks about deception, right? And you, once you believe the lie, you act on the lie, and then you have to suffer the consequences of that. And that's, that's I think, where we are. In fact, David Barton covers this really well in our, our Biblical Citizenship in Modern America course. I can't remember if it's week two or three, but he takes that, that, that scripture and he breaks it down and he basically shows how the culture opened itself to the lie and then once the lie took root in the heart and the mind, then then the cult we you know in our culture acted on that, and now we are living with the consequence of that uh, as the culture crumbles. And and Jim, you've got the answer right there. We have to come back to the truth. Stop believing the lie. Bring back the truth. Have that conviction that this is truth and that it does produce a better result. And history shows us that. I mean, that, I share your frustration. I can hear it in your voice, Jim. It's like, why not believe? the one answer, the, the instruction manual from the creator, and why not apply it and live it instead of buying all these lies and this, these philosophies, the, this cultural Marxism that has poisoned our culture and, and, and poisoned our children. Why would we buy the lie instead of the truth when we know what the truth does? We know the answers that the truth gives, and we know the incredible results that the truth gives. Why, is, why did America become the most powerful, the, the, the most free, the wealthiest, the most benevolent, nation in the history of the world. I mean, everything you would want a nation to do in terms of its own people and then also in terms of influence in the rest of the world, we did. So you got these great results. History shows you what happens when you do it the right way. And yet we still have been willing to turn from that. But as frustrated as I am with the American people, I had to you know, go back and read the children of Israel and realize they did the exact same thing. I mean, that human nature of running from the truth and running from the answers. I mean, they watched the miracles take place, right? They, they, they saw God move in, in incredible, miraculous ways, and yet still were willing to turn from him immediately. And each generation had those fights. And I, I forget who said it. I think it was Joshua who called in from Virginia, talked about you know how they would rediscover the truth. They would find the law. I think about Josiah and, and how when he was being read, those stories and read that truth. And all of a sudden he's like, wait a minute, that's who we are. That's who we are. I, I, we have to change. We have to go back to who we're supposed to be. And he had a massive cultural change because he realized he found the truth. He realized they were living the lie and he made those changes. Powerful, powerful stuff. All right. We got time for just a, maybe one, one or two more calls. If you want to be a part of the conversation, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. 8840. And I want to remind you of Pastor Paul Blair from earlier in the program at the top of the program, that first half hour. What a wonderful, wonderful um, lesson for us on the church stepping up and pastors being Black Robe Regiment pastors. LibertyPastors.com is the website. Uh, listen, folks, they're not sponsoring us. They're not. We're doing this because we want pastors to learn these things. Uh, I was thrilled to hear him say that that you know their their weekends are 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 uh, underwritten so that these pastors only have to pay ninety nine bucks for the whole. That's a three day conference at these very nice resorts. And so, what an opportunity to go and have great fellowship and to learn. And uh, there's four of them. St. Louis is July twenty fourth through the twenty seventh. Austin, Texas, is August 29th through the thirty first. Tulsa, Oklahoma, September 19th through the 21st, and then Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, October 16th through the 19th. All four of those happening this year in 2022. Send the link to your pastors. It's very simple, libertypastors.com, libertypastors.com. Send that link to your pastors. Encourage them to go. Uh, what a blessing it will be to them. You know, I, I think about the gatherings that we have, whether it's our 
our Patriot Academy Leadership Congresses. We do that in state capitals across the country for young people or our constitutional defense courses where we do handgun training during the day and constitution training at night. And we have four or five days together. Um, the fellowship that happens, not only are we learning great things, not only are we learning to defend our families and, you know, being wise with, with what we've been given, not only are we learning to defend the constitution and all of these things, but just the fellowship, the iron sharpening iron, the literally sharpening your countenance through those conversations that take place at the mills or, or, or sitting in the lobby that, that evening. I, I just, I, I covet that. I just cherish those, those times. It is, it is such a blessing to have that kind of iron sharpening happen with, with other believers and people that share you know, the same concerns about the country and the direction of things as they go. You, you probably, as you listen, in, uh, as you listen to, to American Family Radio, there's probably multiple times a day where you just shout out amen or you just, you, in your heart, you go, yes, what they're saying, I agree. I want to be around that. I want to have that opportunity to engage in that conversation. Well, there are so many opportunities to do that. Don't miss out on on those blessings of a, of a weekend. In this case, for for pastors, if you're listening, uh, but also for all of us as as citizens, look for opportunities to 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 get together and have that fellowship. I think God wired us that way, and I don't know about you, I, I it's hard for me when I'm removed from others and I don't have the chance to have that iron sharpening. It's like coals that, you know, in a fire, when they come together, boy, they heat up and the, and the fire grows. When you separate those coals out, it's easy for them to go out. It's easy for them to get so cool that they just burn out. And, and I think God made us that way. We, we are not, you know, the Bible's clear, forsake not the fellowship. And I think that's true in terms of our, our weekend worship with each other, but it's also true in terms of that sharpening with each other and finding ways to learn together and to grow together. You get to do that every day when you listen to American Family Radio. I hope you'll do it every afternoon with AFA at the core here. Uh, I look forward to being with you on Tuesdays and, and Thursdays and uh, Walker with you on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. But I also encourage you not only to listen to us uh, on the radio, but look for opportunities to come together with other believers, with other Black Robe Regiment type pastors and, and citizens that want to be biblical citizens. T take a biblical citizenship class or host one, but look for ways to encourage others and to be encouraged, and we can turn this culture around. I sure appreciate you listening today. I'm Rick Green. You've been listening to AFA at the Core. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.